Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Ned Bellavance, Ned1313 on Twitter, and welcome to the Daily Check-In for April 20th, 2021. It is Tuesday, and I just ate some tacos, so it's a pretty good day. And they were delicious tacos, in case you were wondering. Uh, fish tacos in corn tortillas with a red cabbage and red onion slaw with a little jalapeno in there to give it a little heat. And then a crema of chipotle and uh, in adobo with sour cream. So, I mean, that's it was pretty good, I guess, is what I'm what I'm trying to say. And sometimes things are delicious, just like justice. Anyway, so hopefully you're doing well. Things are going well in your neck of the woods. Let's check in. What's going on? What's new for you? Are you uh, are you enjoying your Tuesday? Did you have tacos? If you did, let me know on Twitter. You know, that place where you can tell me things and find me. It's Ned1313. So let's um let's dive into the topic, shall we? The thing that I was thinking about, and this is kind of a follow-on from yesterday's podcast. So if you didn't listen to yesterday's, then probably listen to that first and then come back to this one. This is where I want to kind of think about the idea of complexity and how complexity finds its way into most systems, sometimes inadvertently and sometimes intentionally. And the reason I wanted to bring that up is because people tend to look at highly complicated systems and want to simplify them. And that's an understandable urge. I certainly feel that way too. When a system or anything gets sufficiently complex, then it's too much for one person to hold inside their mind at one time. There's a reason when you're trying to do programming or some other deep activity, you go into a flow state because it's really the only way that you can hold all the information you need in your brain at the same time. And once you get into that state, you get into a rhythm. And as long as you can suspend all those things in your brain, you're good to go. But as things reach a critical level of complexity, you can no longer hold them in your brain. And that's when you want to simplify the thing you're working on. Now, I think that complexity is almost inevitable unless you are strongly opinionated on how you're developing a product. So the example I want to give is Microsoft Word. And it might seem like a strange place to start, right? But have you ever really looked in the menus of Microsoft Word to see all of the functionality that's in there? It is a beast, a beast of a piece of software. It has so many functions. And I'm guessing that the average person follows the Pareto rule when it comes to Microsoft Word, which means that they use 20% of the available functionality in Microsoft Word and the other 80% they are blissfully unaware of. Now, the thing that's interesting about Microsoft Word and other tools like it is that the 20% that people use is not consistent across every group of people. Depending on what your job function is and what you do, you may desire to use other functionality within Microsoft Word that I might not want to use. For instance, there's the mail merge functionality. If you never have to create envelopes or mailers, you might never use mail merge, but someone whose primary job is to create those things might use mail merge all the time. And that's just a very simple example. Now, how did mail merge end up in Microsoft Word along with all the other functionality? Well, it started out as a relatively straightforward word processing program, but over time, customers would make requests and features would be added. And as those features were added, the product itself became more complex. Now, 
there is the option to choose to not add features and not add complexity, but then you run the risk of people not using your product because you refuse to improve it. And I'm putting improve in quotation marks here in the way that they want. You have to listen to the customer and meet them at some point. And this is where the strongly opinionated portion of things comes in. If you're strongly opinionated about how your product should function and how it should accomplish things, then you can keep things relatively simple because when someone comes along and says, hey, you should add this feature, you can say, no, that's outside the scope of this product. It does not do that thing and it will not do that thing. For instance, in Microsoft Word, people wanted the mail merge functionality and Microsoft should have, well, could have said, you know what? No, that belongs in its own piece of software or that belongs as a piece of functionality in Outlook, I don't know. And rather than adding that functionality in a word, they could have left it out. Now, people who wanted that feature would have to go find a different piece of software that did it. And it, there's you know, a possibility that they could have found a word processing program that did it and stop using Microsoft Word and therefore Microsoft loses a customer. So every time a customer requests a feature, product managers have to do a little calculus in their heads because they know that adding features adds complexity, but choosing not to add features means you could potentially lose customers to a competitor. So that is generally why things tend, up, tend to end up more complicated than they originally were supposed to be. A good counterexample of this is a lot of the Linux tools that are out there, some of the command line tools for Linux, that tend not to add complexity, and that's because they are highly opinionated. They have a function, and in that mindset, if you want that tool to do something completely different, then use a different tool. So Linux is the general purpose environment, Bash is the general purpose environment, and each tool serves a function within that general purpose environment. If I gave you a screwdriver and told you to hammer in a nail, you could, but more likely you would reach for a hammer. And that's the point. The screwdriver is an opinionated tool. Microsoft Word is, well, sometimes it's just a tool, but it's not an opinionated tool in the sense that it gives you an overabundance of options when it comes to the features and functionality that are available. So much so that the product itself has become bloated and to a certain degree, hard to maintain. Now, like I said, the 20% that people use is different across large swaths of people, which is why they can't remove functionality once it's been added. In many ways, adding features to a product is a one-way door. Once you add the feature, it's very hard to remove it later because there's always gonna be some subset of people who are using that feature and are very attached to that feature. And they will be very angry and be vociferous in how angry they are about that feature going away. So you've basically made an enemy for life when you deprecate or remove a feature from one of those products. Now, how does this all map into what I was talking about yesterday and the complexity and abstractions that we get with different platforms? If you look at what say VMware and vSphere was capable of when it first came out, and then the feature set that it ended up with, you could certainly say that they added a lot of features and drastically increased the complexity. And that's true. Someone could look at Kubernetes and go, well, that's a very complex 
piece of app, uh, piece of code. It's a very complex application. But Kubernetes by itself, just by itself, while somewhat complicated, is actually not that complicated in comparison to the massive thing that is vSphere with vCenter. There's so much more baked-in functionality in vSphere, but they've slapped a nice interface on it, and it's maintained as a single package, more or less. So sometimes we're less aware of that complexity. Kubernetes, to a certain degree, has taken the Linux approach, where Kubernetes is the kernel and the operating environment, and then you can bring your own tools to do specific things within that environment. And in that way, that's another way to add complexity to an environment is the fact that rather than have an opinionated set of tools, Kubernetes lets you bring whatever tools you want to the party to add functionality that's not baked into the application itself. You want to apply policies? Well, there's OPA to apply policies. You could bring that in. You would like an ingress controller? Okay, which ingress controller would you like to bring? You would like to, I don't know, add a service mesh. Well, Kubernetes is not doing the service mesh for you. You need to bring your own service mesh. There's all these other things that are necessary to create a cohesive solution that are not included in Kubernetes, and that's fine. Now, the complaint there is because Kubernetes has become opinionated on what will be included inside itself and instead makes you go out and adopt other tools, you have the problem of customers being dissatisfied with Kubernetes to a certain degree. And because there's this large need for new tools, there's also immaturity in the space of that tooling. That's also okay. And to a certain degree, it's expected. As things progress, the number of tools is gonna to go down and you'll have a few winners emerge in each category where there's a thing that you need to bolt on to Kubernetes. For instance, in the world of Bash and Linux, if you needed to make a web, a web query, a web request, you're probably gonna use curl. Are there other tools out there that do the same thing? Probably, but we've all kind of agreed that curl is the thing that we're going to use because it works. And I think a similar thing is going to happen across the Kubernetes ecosystem is that we're going to end up with one to three solutions for each slot of functionality that we need. And hopefully those tools understand that they should also be opinionated and not too feature rich in what they do, you know, stay in their lane as it were. So those are my thoughts on complexity as applies to product management and development. <laughs> Hopefully that's interesting to you. It's a thought exercise I've been going through, and uh, I think it's it helps you put a better lens on what happens with products in the long term and why feature bloat happens, and also the fact that it's often the customer's own fault, even though they complain about the bloat later. So if you're a product manager, uh, you know, I, I don't envy you. You're, you're in a difficult position. Anyhow, that'll do it for me for today. Thank you so much for listening, as always. If you would like to reach out to me, I'm on Twitter, Ned1313. If you'd like to share this podcast with a friend, I would sure appreciate that. And regardless, subscribe and enjoy. Until next time, stay healthy, stay safe out there. Bye for now.